This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Hey, welcome again to Madison Story Slam, the podcast where we have great stories for you to listen to and enjoy. I am your host, Adam Rosted, and uh, we just want to thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. We've got two great stories for you, but before we get to that, let's get down to just a little bit of business. If you could hit the subscribe button on the podcast app of your choosing, or go to iTunes and the Apple Podcast app, leave us a rating and a review. Five-star ratings help people find the show, and reviews help us know what you're thinking about it. If you want to play a bigger part in this show and help make it better, you can go to patreon.com slash madisonstoryslam and become a patron for as little as $1 a month. And then finally, we have started a YouTube channel. If you just search Madison Story Slam on YouTube, you can find some great videos of every story on the podcast. Well, not every single one because we only just recently started, but these two stories for sure. Speaking of these two stories, uh, as you can tell from the title of this episode, they are about illness and having illnesses. So uh, second is Max Young-Jones. It's his first time telling a story, and it's really an incredible story that um, for days afterwards affected me. Uh, But first up, we have a regular storyteller, Gwyneth Delap, and uh, she is sharing a story about an illness she had or has, I guess, and uh, it's a delightful story, um, and we hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here is Gwyneth. Uh, When I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with a rare blood condition called idiothropic thrombocytopetric purpura, which basically means that sometimes my immune system kills off my platelets, Uh, And then my blood doesn't clot, which is not convenient, (laughs) as you can imagine. Um, And I've been living for a while with this. um, And our society doesn't really value sick people, especially sick kids. Most of all, sick adolescents. Uh, I wasn't cute enough at the time to be a poster child, nor did I have a popular enough disease to be a poster child. Uh, So I was labeled as fragile and um, less than in my small community, which was a title I really wanted to get rid of. So I worked really hard to define myself in any other way than sick individual, uh, which didn't always manifest in the best of ways. Uh, So the year before my senior year of high school, I spent the whole summer working because I wanted to go to a four-year college, so I needed some money. So I worked about 70 hours a week. I would get up at 5 a.m. I would eat a banana. I would go to work as a tech intern from 6 a.m. to 4.30. At noon, I would eat a plain bagel. (laughs) And then at 5, I would go to Dairy Queen until 11, and I would do that day in, day out. until school started, where I stopped being a tech intern, I would get up at 6 a.m., practice cello from 6 a.m. to 7, go to school, go to play practice, go to tennis practice, go to work, go home. And as you can imagine, eventually this burns a person out. 
But for me, burning out looks like relapse. It doesn't look like just being tired. So my first real relapse started in August of my senior year. And to be honest, treating my disease is a lot worse than having my disease. So I'd been doing a very good job of avoiding it. Um, At my stage, it meant steroid therapy. I don't know if anyone here has been on prednisone. (laughs) It's a very popular drug, um, but it's also a very unenjoyable drug. But I was the captain of the tennis team, and I was told that I couldn't play unless I took the prednisone, Uh, which in hindsight was a bad idea because I was not good at tennis. (laughs) I was the captain and the number one seed, but everyone called me the sacrificial lamb. I never, ever won a match, um, but I was like, I'm the captain, I have to do this. So I took the round of steroid treatment, it lasted about a month, it was awful, and I said, I'm never going to do this again. Here comes Christmas. <laughs> um, during Christmas, I relapsed again, and I relapsed much worse, and I went to the doctor, uh, who was on prednisone <laughs> at the time, so he was not very tactful in his delivery, and was like, do you know why you're here? Uh, and I was like, no, that's why I pay you a lot of money. <laughs> you're supposed to tell me the things. Um, So he's like, you're actually relapsing right now, uh, and there's some blood sores in the back of your mouth, and we're concerned you're going to have a brain bleed. You need to go home right now and take some prednisone. Uh, So I went home, and I had talked with my parents before uh, about how much I disliked being on prednisone and how I would rather maybe roll the dice and see if I just didn't have a brain bleed and go on living my life. Uh, And this next round of prednisone was scheduled for eight months, um, not a month. So that's a really long taper, um, and I didn't really want to do it. So I sat with my dad at the table. I said, you know, what would you do if I didn't take this? Um, Which is hard for a parent to hear. But he said, you know, we will support you if you don't want to take it, but we really love you, so if you take it, (laughs) that would be ideal. Uh, So I took the prednisone, um, and I gained 50 pounds in one month. Um, I was completely manic, which was great, if anyone's been manic. Uh, I thought I I was God, basically, (laughs) Um, which manifested in very amusing ways. I didn't remember that I had gained 50 pounds, so every morning I would, like, try to put on my pants and then, like, be like, why don't I fit in my pants? (laughs) And then I'd be like, it's fine, I'll just wear a dress. Um, So I did this, um, and And I was also incredibly hungry, which is where the grilled cheese comes in. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was so hungry all the time. I would eat, and then I would plan my next meal. Like, I was obsessed about food. It's all I wanted. Um, But I did start to recognize that I was gaining a lot of weight and that it wasn't really great for me. Um, So one night, I'm lying in my bed. I just start crying because I want a grilled cheese. And I want the grilled cheese so bad. But I'm not supposed to eat. It's like 1 a.m. And my mom comes downstairs because she can hear me crying. Because I'm also manic, so I'm not like subtle at all about crying. I'm like, this is the biggest tragedy that anyone has ever dealt with. Um, (laughs) And she comes downstairs, and I'm like, I just want a grilled cheese. Uh, And she's like, we're not going to do that right now. I'm like, okay. but that's why my year was a two, because I had, I had almost died and then gone through this treatment. Uh, but I didn't know how to tell 
these people that, right, that I had just met, even though I had admitted to them that my year was a two, so I kind of equivocated and didn't give them an answer. Um, but this year, I am celebrating four years of remission from my disease, which is great. And I've told these people now, who are my dear, dear friends, um, about my disease and what that might look like, because in all likelihood I will relapse again and become the prednisone queen. <laughs> and I will need someone to make me a grilled cheese. So I'll give them a call. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gwyneth. Uh, I've never been on prednisone, but I have gained 50 pounds before, so... Thanks, Gwyneth, for that great story. Hey, I want to let you guys know that we have started live streaming video of all of our live events the third Saturday of every month. If you head over to facebook.com slash madisonstoryslam, at around 7 p.m., you can watch the live stream video of each of the events the third Saturday of every month. Up next, we have first-time storyteller Max Young-Jones. And I want to warn you, this story is pretty tough to hear at points, but it is told with a jovial spirit, and uh, it was really good. We really liked it. Here's Max. So this is kind of a saddish, I guess it's a saddish story, but I'm going to tell it with a smile on my face because that's what you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm 23. And I am living in absolute squalor. Like, it's terrible. My house looks like shit. Everything's bad. You know, normal 23 things is fine. Um, I'm still going to college. I am failing college, kind of. But that's sort of something that's kind of off the idea of my mind. And uh, I'm not really paying attention to that because I'm too busy having sex with everything that moves. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of what you call, like... A slutty gay? A bad gay? I don't know. I, I didn't really do like the drag thing, or I didn't really go out and like got, get drunk with bars. But I like wore very aggressive leather vests and like would hang out in bars and you know just sort of have fun. Um, but if you're gonna do that, you really have to pay attention to like health things. Uh, I was good. I got checked up every three months. Uh, did the whole thing. And so you know, for my birthday. I decided it'd be a good idea for me to purchase PrEP, which is pre-exposure prophylactic. And it's sort of like the thing you take to like not get HIV and stuff. Um, I had gotten some money prior because I had just written a play that uh, gave me $500, which if you write anything, you know is not typical. So I felt rich, $500, so much. So um, my birthday, I go up, I'm like, hey, yeah, I really want to get this thing because I feel like it's going to do so much self-better, so much self-betterment. And um, they test me, whatever. They say, like, oh, well, um, you're HIV positive. Sorry. Happy birthday. So I kind of black out for about three days. Um, I don't really black out for about three days. I do everything you're supposed to do. Like I go to like uh, the med center, the hospital. I go to like a whole bunch of different places. So for three days, I'm just getting my shit in order with my insurance, uh, everything. Uh, the problem, though, is that I live in Virginia, 
and I go to school in D.C. It's just outside of D.C., but like I live in my apartment. I take a bus to D.C. And since I live in Virginia and I'm going to the best clinic in D.C., I don't get normal D.C. coverage. So I use the family emergency credit card and like drop another $400. And that's a charge that's going to appear on like the family bill. So I have to tell my mom. Uh, I tell her for text because I'm a coward. (laughs) And uh, the answer I get back is, um, well, considering the kind of friends you hang around, I'm really not surprised. It's not great, (laughs) Uh, which is fine. Uh, But after the three days, I do everything that I'm supposed to do. I'm not really so much worried about being positive. I'm just sort of worried about, like, other people. If you have any sort of invisible or visible disability, it's really other people that make it shitty. Not really, you know, yourself. Um, But I, like, do everything I'm supposed to do in the three days. I have to wait back for pills and things. So I do, you know, I decide to do what any nerdy person does. I throw a party. And everybody's only supposed to play Magic the Gathering because (laughs) this is the life I live. Um... Some people know, some people don't. We have a great time, and then, like, I'm ugly crying when I'm about to, like, play a magic card, and they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I can't tell you. It's fine. Don't worry. Just just go to your next turn. It's fine. Um, and uh, without warning, my mom shows up, and she's taken a flight from Madison to Virginia, and I kind of am awkwardly there and like, Mom, what are you doing? She's like, I'm outside. I'm like, okay, well, I'm having people over. I'm coming up. So she comes up and it's really not as bad as I think it is. Like, she just kind of hugs me and she kind of sits down, like, and she even tries to play magic. It's kind of weird. I don't. <laughs> Like, I had to get someone, and she tried to take my turn. It was very, very weird. Um, And, you know, afterward, we, like, talk, and it's fine. And I don't feel, like, so bad. But, honestly, that's not really the end of the story. So, um, we talk, and she's just like, okay, I know school isn't going great. I know this, this, because she can't even name it at this point, isn't going great. Uh, So, I really, really want you to do things that... um, make you happy and you're good at which is your writing you're really passionate about it and you just got five hundred dollars for doing this playwriting thing so i'm like yeah yeah i'm a badass i can do it especially when like the meds come in and everything's worked out like yeah so i write a poem that actually won an award uh get no money for it because that's really how writing works but you know (laughs) so i I wrote a poem that i that got an award um which is um based off of me coming out as HIV positive because, you know, I've been in one closet. I don't really want to do it again. So I, uh, you know, I did what any millennial will do. I put it on Facebook (laughs) like 10 days later. And so I wrote a poem kind of writing, like kind of saying um, what it was like to put it on Facebook as a fictional Facebook post um, kind of interspersed. And then I kind of like had a fictional like sort of family response to the Facebook post. And then I get a call. And it's from my mom, and I'm because I put it up, and I'm like so jazzed. I'm like, yeah, I got an award. But it's from my mom, and she says, "How could you do this to us?" And I'm just like, well, you know, it's it's much worse. It's 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 not you. Like this is just sort of something that real people have to face. And she's like, no, 
It makes me look awful. I'm not really comfortable with you putting me in this position. And I'm like, well, you know, you told me to, to start writing again. And I did, and it was wonderful. And I, um, you know, won this award. She's like, no, I'm sorry. We're done with you. So um, they were. <laughs> uh, so I had to not do school for a little bit. Well, I had not to do school for two and a half years. We're trying to work that out right now. Uh, I had to leave my apartment very suddenly. Uh, and then, you know, I ended up in Philadelphia somehow, living the plot of Rent, which wasn't so bad. Like, you know, I lived in a house with a drag king and a burlesque dancer, and I was the normal one because I did normal theater. <laughs> so, you know, it, it like ended up okay-ish. And then I decided that, yeah, I mean, living the plot of Rent is pretty cool, and I'm happy and extremely inebriated every single night, but I want to, you know, I want to not have a present. I want to have a future. I want to kind of build myself up. So I decided to go back to college, and because I am cheap, I decided to do it with in-state benefits. So, like, I kind of decided to go back here and... Uh, talk to my mom and talk to my family. And uh, it was hard. It was really, really hard. And there were months that we hated each other. There were just a year, but there is like a light tunnel thing. We're on really, really great terms now. I'm going to school, like I go to Edgewood. I'm still not the greatest student, but you know, whatever. We're just gonna leave that out. Um, an odd thing happens when you're positive, too. Um, I'm the healthiest I've ever been because, like, I work out a lot. Um, uh, and, yeah, I mean, I guess the point is that you can be at, like, the lowest point of your life and you can have family that doesn't support you. But you just keep on having conversations and you keep on living in the world and you keep on doing your best. And things do get better. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Hey, that's our episode for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review on Apple, Apple, Apple Podcasts app or iTunes. Yes, I can speak. Big thanks to Gwyneth and Max for sharing their stories on this episode and at the live event that helps grow our community. That's what we believe we do. We grow community through storytelling, and uh, we love that that's what we get to do. If you want to be a part of this community and come to a live event, here are our upcoming dates. January 19th, that's the third Saturday in January, our theme is breakups. And then Friday, February 8th, we're doing a special story slam teaming up with the McFarland Public Library. The theme that night is best date, worst date. And then our regular February Slam is Saturday the 16th. And then also March 16th, that's a Saturday. Those ones are all at the Wilmar Neighborhood Center in Madison, Wisconsin. Sorry, I got distracted. Uh, if you can't make those, you can log on to our Facebook page, Madison Story Slam. Just search that on Facebook. And you can watch the live stream of those events. Hey, I hope these stories you know, built you up and made you feel connected and all that good stuff. Thanks for listening, and as always, I love you.